Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA plus healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It's the 26th of May. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The U.S. Supreme Court has stripped federal agencies of authority over millions of acres of wetlands, weakening a bedrock environmental law enacted a half century ago to cleanse the country's badly polluted waters. A five to four majority significantly expanded the ability of farmers, home builders, and other developers to dig up or fill wetlands near rivers, lakes, and streams, finding the government had long overreached in limiting such activities. The ruling yesterday may nullify key parts of a rule the Biden administration imposed in December, which two federal judges already had blocked from being enforced in 26 states. It's the latest turn in a decades-old struggle by courts and regulators to determine which waters are subject to protection under the Clean Water Act. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was in the state yesterday, emphasizing the Biden administration's efforts to fund projects like one at the Eastern Iowa Airport in Cedar Rapids. IPR's Zachary Orrin-Smith has those details. About 1.4 million people reside within the service area of the regional airport in Cedar Rapids. The facility is in the final stretch of a 10-year modernization project, and that is in part due to funding made available by the Biden administration's bipartisan infrastructure package. The airport got $20 million. That accounts for 17 percent of the project's estimated sticker price. U.S. Transportation Secretary Buttigieg said this investment is a leg up for areas managing population. Loss. I come from a community where when you were growing up, uh, so much of the message you got was that success had to do with getting out. We're seeing people choose and move to these locations in the Midwest that are seeing their potential realized. The money came from the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Summer does not officially arrive until June 21st, but for most Iowans, the holiday weekend ahead is the real start of the season. Meredith Mitz at AAA Iowa says the Motor Club is predicting more than 37 million Americans will be taking trips over the next several days to celebrate the Memorial Day holiday. That makes this the third busiest Memorial Day weekend that we've had since we started tracking in about 2000. This is about 11 percent higher than what we saw last year, but it still brings us just under those pre-pandemic numbers. In 2019, we had 42.8 million travelers. This year, we're only anticipating 42.3 million. Gasoline prices are holding steady nationwide, but pump prices have risen in Iowa in recent weeks. The statewide average is now 3.43 a gallon, though that's low compared to the statewide average a year ago at 4.22. Ceremonies are planned across the state on Monday for Memorial Day. Iowa Department of Veterans Affairs spokesman Carl Leto says they are hosting two public events. Our official State of Iowa Memorial Day ceremony is out at the Iowa Veterans Cemetery. That'll be at 830. Uh, That's the Veterans Cemetery in Van Meter right off 80. Um, Governor Reynolds will be speaking, uh, and our keynote speaker is going to be the Adjutant General of the Iowa National Guard, uh, Major General Stephen E. Osborne. The other event is a ceremony at the Iowa Veterans Home in Marshalltown. That's where the lieutenant governor, Adam Gregg, will speak. Leto says volunteers have put up flags throughout the cemetery, and the ceremony itself will be traditional. 
He says it is important to take this time to remember those who sacrificed for the country. And it's going to be a pretty nice Memorial Day weekend weather-wise. Sunny skies with high temperatures in the mid-70s to low 80s today. And then for tomorrow, highs around 80. Highs will be in the low 80s on Sunday. And highs will be in the mid-80s on Memorial Day. It's here first. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Selling fireworks, serving alcohol, working later at night, these are just some of the things minors would be allowed to do in Iowa under a bill awaiting Governor Kim Reynolds' signature. IPR's Katerina Sestark reports industries facing worker shortages have pushed to roll back protections that have been in place for years. Zoe Smith is folding pizza boxes to start out her Sunday dinner shift at Maggie's Farm Pizza in Iowa City. She's 17 years old and she's had the job since she was 14. I kind of just have it so I can have some extra money. Smith could soon have a new job responsibility, serving alcohol. Allowing 16- and 17-year-olds to bring alcoholic beverages to restaurant customers is one of many changes to child labor laws that passed the Iowa legislature with only Republican support. Smith says it's intimidating, but she's not afraid to serve alcohol because customers where she works don't order many drinks. But she has had some problems with people coming in drunk after college football games. So I think that is definitely a very complicated issue like for kids that would be serving um, alcohol that they wouldn't realize that something was happening to them. A big concern raised by opponents of the bill was that serving alcohol would put minors at greater risk for workplace harassment. The final version of the bill includes a requirement for harassment prevention training. The legislation would also allow younger teens to work longer hours. That's something the Iowa Restaurant Association lobbied for. Russell Van Orsdale is on its board of directors and runs a chain of movie theaters. It's become more and more difficult to fill our workforce, and we began utilizing the eager um, employment of 14- and 15-year-olds. They've loved being able to work for us. He says currently, kids under 16 can't work late enough to fit most movie schedules. The legislation would let 14- and 15-year-olds work later at night and longer shifts. It would also allow minors to do other tasks that are currently illegal, like work in freezers and meat coolers and sell fireworks. And it would remove the requirement for employers hiring children to get permits. At the first hearing on the bill, Republican State Senator Adrian Dickey, who led the bill's passage, said one of the state's biggest problems is a shortage of workers. One area where we can help address that is, is maybe some of the overburdensome, uh, unfair regulations, uh, restrictions on, on our minors and what they can and are not able to do. Later, Dickey said this was just an effort to expand opportunities for young people. I have seen endless tweets about this bill, an attempt to solve Iowa's workforce shortage. Fact is, I never even considered that to be an issue when this bill came in front of me. The push to change the child labor laws brought protesting labor unions to the state capitol earlier this year. Charlie Wishman is president of the Iowa Federation of Labor. He and others say the bill could allow businesses to take advantage of low-income and migrant children and jeopardize their education. Our kids, we see their dreams. You all see profit. That's why you're doing this. Democratic Representative Jennifer Conforst says regardless of changes that added some safety precautions, the legislation could still put kids in dangerous situations. I don't think this is the way to solve our state's labor shortage. Um, frankly, I think wages, compensation, benefits, all the things that we know work, 
to increase employment are the things that we need to do to get more people working. The U.S. Solicitor of Labor, Seema Nanda, has also weighed in. She told Iowa officials in a letter the changes they're proposing, like expanding the hours 14- and 15-year-olds can work, are inconsistent with the limits set by federal child labor law. Iowa's current child labor laws don't all align with federal law, and that's true of many other states. But Nanda says it's irresponsible for states to loosen child labor laws during a nationwide spike in violations. Still, Republican Governor Kim Reynolds says she'll probably sign the bill into law. One of the things that Iowa is known for is our tremendous work ethic, and that's because we're not afraid to work hard. We're not afraid to let our kids do that, and I, I, I can't even really understand um, all of the hoopla about it. Back at Maggie's Farm Pizza, Zoe Smith says she thinks one of the reasons businesses wanted these changes is so they can save money by not paying kids as much as they would adults. I know there's kids at my school that have to work to support their families. Like I'm in a situation where I don't have to, but I think kids are going to get taken advantage of more because of these like loosened restrictions. Smith says she also thinks teens need enough time to do their homework, explore different activities besides work, and to just be kids. I'm Katarina Starek, IPR News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made his presidential run official on Wednesday. And next week, he'll come here to Iowa. The state's caucuses still kick off the primary calendar for Republicans. And DeSantis joins a growing field of candidates trying to snag an early win over former President Donald Trump here. As Ron DeSantis wraps up his big announcement on Twitter, dozens of Iowa voters gather at a machine and supply company in Sioux City. DeSantis isn't the only Republican to announce a White House bid this week. That's why these voters are here to see South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. I wish he would run, and now he's here. Retired music teacher Myra Nelson is excited to be here. She hopes Scott catches on. I was for Donald Trump, but if he gets in, it's just going to be the same thing again. A lot of slander, a lot of news, bad news about him. We need someone fresh and someone with good, solid ideas. Hello, Iowa! Scott doesn't bring up his competitors. Instead, he talks about the southern U.S. border, the fentanyl crisis, tells his story about growing up poor in a single-parent household, and criticizes Democrats, like when it comes to education. They're more interested in keeping those kids trapped in their schools and trapped out of their futures. And they're going to talk about the great opportunity party. Give a brother a break. Scott was well-received, but he's relatively unknown in a field where Donald Trump is the frontrunner. Other Republicans hope a win in Iowa could give them momentum to beat the former president, who has only made one trip to Iowa since announcing his third bid. DeSantis will make several stops here next week. He'll likely draw comparisons between Florida and Iowa, like he did in this state earlier this month. You know, sometimes people will, will say to me, they'll be like, Governor, why aren't other Republicans doing what you're doing in Florida? And I say they are doing it. And they say where? I say they're doing it in Iowa. The state's importance is clear for those who support Trump and those who want to derail his candidacy. Special interest groups like the conservative Americans for Prosperity are beefing up staff to knock doors and make phone calls. Drew Klein is the director of its Iowa chapter. There's a lot to be thankful for among the, the GOP voters for policies that, that Trump helped 
implement when he was the president. Um, but that doesn't really do us any good if he can't win a general election again. Voter and residential builder Kenon Davis favors DeSantis. I think that DeSantis is coming in cleaner. Uh, I think there's a there's a very strong opportunity that he could he could win a lot of the voters that simply just have disdain towards Trump. Davis's wife Chi, a real estate agent, hasn't made up her mind. For me, I'm still shopping around, so I want to hear all the candidates. The couple were invited to meet Mike Pence at a small backyard house party in Des Moines this week where the former vice president chatted poolside and took photos with voters. Would you do me the honor for a photograph? Come on. My old sweetheart here is going to take a shot. Cheese! Pence is expected to announce his bid early next month. As he wraps up his speech, he tells the crowd to take their job seriously as first-in-the-nation voters. Ask the hard questions. Shape the leadership. And whatever role my little family and I end up playing in the days ahead, I know Iowa is going to give us a standard bearer. Republicans in this field can take some lessons from history. Even though Trump won Iowa in 2016 and 2020, he came in second in the Iowa caucuses when he first ran nearly eight years ago. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.